The scripture reading this morning is from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, and then verses 9 through 18. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not be claimed to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So for the last few weeks, we have been uh, getting in touch with our Wesleyan heritage. We uh, come out of the Wesleyan movement, as all of you know, in England in the 17th century. And uh, so we are, are sort of rooting ourselves in our, in our theology so that we can claim it and, and move out with it. So the last two weeks ago, we talked about prevenient grace, that lovely Wesleyan word where we talk about God's grace that goes before us. Prevenient grace is, is why we as a church practice infant baptism when other churches don't. It is because we believe that God is already active in the life of Wyatt. He doesn't have to do anything that God has already claimed and loved this child and that God has already claimed and loved everyone here and everyone out there, that God is already at work in our lives, whether or not we choose to acknowledge it. That's prevenient grace, a grace that is just abundant and that we just swim in it, that God's love is just present in our lives. And then last week we talked about justifying grace, which is the grace that we receive when we accept God's grace for ourselves. It is, uh, Wesley linked together, justifying grace, that moment of accepting God's love for ourselves, and immediately what he would call uh, regeneration or new birth or being born again. This idea that when we accept God's grace for ourselves, we start a new life. It's like the clock starts over again. And we are called into this relationship with Christ that, that renews us, that heals us, and inspires us. And then the next step in that journey of faith is sanctifying grace, 
or sanctification. Wesley called it a number of things, but it is the sense that our whole lives, every step of our journey, is about growing in the knowledge and the love of Christ. So sometimes Wesley called that going on to perfection. His idea was that the whole point of the Christian life, I think you got this from Jesus, was to love God, love neighbor, and love yourself. And so sanctification is about growing and living your life, loving God, loving neighbor, loving self. Now some traditions in the Christian church sure to stop at being born again. Accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes? And then that's you're saved. Done. Done deal. Not Wesley. Wesley said, okay, that, that's good. Now you've got to live your life like you mean it. You've got to show it in the, in the way that you live your life. And he talked about this as being holiness of heart and life. For Wesley, personal holiness and social holiness went together. I I had Ava put into the bulletin this cross that is often used, and this is a Jerusalem cross, but it is often used in our tradition to talk about uh, the faith and how we live out this sanctification process. So if you have, well, we've all received God's prevenient grace, and if you have accepted Christ as your Savior, you have received that grace into your life, then our next step together is this life of sanctification. And that is, is a life that goes from the first day that we accept Christ all the way through to our grave. That is the process that we are all on. That's the journey of sanctification. And so Wesley, you know, we, we've talked about Wesley and his sort of practices of, um, you know, he, he was very methodological, Methodist, in the way that he practiced his faith. Wesley was, you know, you got up in the morning, you prayed at 5 a.m., you read the scripture in Greek and Hebrew at 6 a.m., you got out and you served the poor at 7 a.m., you came back, you did some, some more Bible study, you uh, then went to the prisons and visited the folks in prison, and then you, you know, his whole day was structured around these practices. Now, that's all well and good if you happen to live in a monastery or you uh, have, you know... That, that is the sole uh, way that you live your life. But not everybody can do that. But Wesley said everybody, everybody, everybody that's a Methodist can practice works of mercy on the one hand and works of piety on the other hand. And, and Dina talked about that with the children. So works of mercy are those acts of our faith that call us, and he talked about them again inward and outward. So if you look at this chart, you see the personal acts of mercy and um, acts of justice. So personal acts of mercy, of caring for one another, of attending to those who are sick, uh, of, of looking out for, for the community of faith and for uh, practicing love and kindness within the community of faith, and then acts of justice of looking out in the, in the world around us and where there is injustice or where there is hurting or where there is need, that the, the Christian, that the church responds to that. And the other end of it is the works of piety. 
And those are the acts of prayer that we attend to daily, I hope. Acts of prayer, acts of worship, being here, you are engaged in an act of piety. That word sounds kind of antiquated to our ears, but all that means is is a life of devotion, that you are committed to, to acts of public worship, that's that external end of it, but also acts of personal devotion and Bible study and prayer. And so, Wesley always sort of um, yoked these two together, and they, and they, they counterbalance each one, one another. The life of contemplation and worship meets up with the acts of uh, what Wesley called social holiness, or being out in the world, of doing God's Word, that it's not enough to simply accept salvation and have a relationship that's about me and my Jesus, about me and my personal salvation, Wesley said, no, no, our faith is always linked to the way that we live our life. It's always linked to our compassion and care for the least of those in our community. Wesley was challenging in that way. He would, uh, we're going to talk next week a little bit more about the Wesleyan model of being church, but he always wanted people to, in the church, to hold one another accountable And he had this question that he would ask about how is it with your soul, which is to say, how is it that you are loving God and how is it that you are loving neighbor? And Wesley had an expansive view of neighbor, just like Jesus had an expansive view of neighbor, that our neighbor is not just the the three people that live on either side of our house, but rather our neighbor is any one of God's children, like the Samaritans that we meet on the side of the road, not of our culture, not of our, our tribe, but of God. And so Wesley was always challenging and pushing the church. And indeed, that is why our our United Methodist Church has always been a church that's out on the edge, out on the margins, always looking for where God is active in the world. You know, in our, um, the mission of the United Methodist Church, can anybody help me with that? Anyone? Anyone? Oh, come on, y'all people. The mission of the United Methodist Church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ, okay, that's that that personal holiness thing, for the transformation of the world. It's not simply to make a bunch of people that know Jesus, but rather to make a bunch of people who know Jesus and then transform the world because of it. Works of piety, works of mercy. It's a challenging faith we live, my friends. It's a faith that is always calling us to look out. Wesley, like Jesus, called us to what he called the law of love. That love is what guides everything we do. Love is what, that sends us forth into ministry. Love is what calls us to look at each person in our society as a child of God, precious, precious in God's sight, worthy of not only God's love but our love. Love is what calls us to act, to not sort of sit back self-satisfied in our salvation, so that's all good, but no, to get out, to serve the world, to find those who are imprisoned, find those who are sick, find those who are in need, and bring God's love and peace and compassion to them works of mercy, works of piety. They feed on each other. We can't do one without the other. 
Unless we are firmly grounded in God's love and grace in our lives, all that we do out in the world might just be about legalism. It might be about duty. It might just be about something that we feel like we have to do. I'm going to go feed those kids at Toberman because that's what God says I have to do. Then you need to get back into the love of God because the love of God is what infuses us, that inspires us. That you can't receive all of this grace and love and joy in your life and then just sit on it. But rather, God's love and grace and joy sends us out. It sends us out to want to share that with other people, not simply in an evangelistic way, but in a way that actually heals human hurt, that bridges pain, that calls people to new life. It's no minor thing to baptize anybody, let alone a three-month-old child, because it is a call that has been placed on our lives. It is a call of piety and mercy a call of internal holiness and external holiness, a call to lead our lives with this empowered, wonderful mission to love God's people. Let us pray that we would receive that grace and respond in love. Gracious God, we thank you. We thank you that you have showered our lives with the gifts of grace and hope and peace We thank you that you have loved us every single moment of every day of our lives. God, we receive that grace and we respond. Help us, God, to live lives of piety and devotion, of worship and prayer. And help us to live lives that offer mercy and compassion and justice in your world. God, use us. Use us as vehicles of your grace. Inspire us, God, where we have become self-satisfied or hard-hearted. Open us, God, anew to the softening, gentle grace that you give to us and send us forth to offer that. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.